This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk or 3people.k.uk for more information. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. A little later than usual, but blame my wife for turning 40. So apologies to all of our loyal listeners for coming at you on Sunday morning uh, after a point gained, uh, the first point since St. Patrick's Day against Blackburn. Um, I watched the game with one eye, one eye on proceedings at home, one eye on the game, um, but I've followed up and watched the highlights, so I'm still got views on the game so uh with me as always is matt matt how are you sir very well thank you patch and uh happy Vic- uh, birthday to victoria thank you very much thank you very much i'll let her know that thanks for the card sorry didn't, pleasure. didn't get a card from rob rob how are you sir <laughs> very good thank you <laughs> yeah no it's um it was a, it was a great weekend and on the pitch uh an improved performance but that let's be honest that wasn't hard from the last game uh, matt your thoughts initially on the starting lineup and a debut for sam pearson yeah, great, great with Sam Pearson. Um, I think with everything that's kind of gone before with with Nigel Pearson really calling out players, albeit not by name, but saying that, you know, players weren't doing what he expected. I was really intrigued to see what the changes were going to be. And you can only assume by those comments that it was the likes of Mariapa, Sessignon, and I think in particular, Naj and Dijou, that he felt didn't do what was expected. So... You know, no, no surprise Tommy Rowe coming back in. I know he'd made a couple of ricks in the last couple of games, but he is our only fit left-sided defender. Um, Lansbury, I have a view on. Um, that view changed slightly yesterday, but, you know, I can understand why he was coming in because Nigel Pearson does seem to really rate him. And then you've got Casey coming back in for creativity. And the big one, like you said, Sam Pearson, which was was great to see because um, he's... He's very highly thought of and, and possibly isn't the one that, that they're really talking about. So it, it shows that we've got some some youth coming through that for next season and beyond, you know, hopefully will we'll be the bedrock of the team. And also, Matt, in the last podcast, you uh, said quite categorically that Zach Viner is not a midfielder and he is a centre-back. And we saw that yesterday. Yeah, he does a job for you in midfield. He's, he's, and it's, it's one of those, isn't it? I think over the years we've had players like it. Being a utility player doesn't do you as an individual a lot of good, I don't think, because you can't cement a place and perform to a level that's needed. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not... Zach's done really well in midfield for us at times, but he isn't a midfielder. And I thought yesterday, um, that's where I would play him as a centre-half. Um, and even yesterday, though, you could tell he was rusty at playing there. Mm. Um, unusually it was his distribution more than anything but yeah for me he's, he's a centre half he's a defender um, and would only fill in midfield with the sort of crisis that we've had this season and Rob I started out by listening to the game on Radio Bristol with Gary Arras and Ed Hadwin I think it was in commentary um, and straight away they said that um, Gary said we're shaping up in a 4-4-2 which they were both a bit surprised about given the, the recent formations your thoughts on that Rob? Um yeah, I mean, it definitely was a 4-4-2 um, on how it looked. Yeah, I, I think, for me, it, it's about the basics. So quite often, and a lot recently, um, we've talked about 
the back four being recognisable, but very little else in front of it. Um, previously, I've talked about the confusion that certainly under, say, Johnson and Holden, there was confusion when you keep swapping formations as to players don't understand their roles. Um, certainly, it was evident in the last few games that it didn't appear that players really knew what they were doing. And I think when that's the case, going to a 4-4-2 is pretty much something that everyone's grown up with and they understand. So, so I completely understand why they went that way yesterday. I think he even said it, didn't he, Pearson, that it was going back to the basics. In, um, I think it was you that made the point, Rob, in our WhatsApp group a couple of weeks back, but it was like you had six in front that were just running oh, around yeah. and, and not knowing what to do. So, yeah, um, But exactly. unusually, the commentary, um, and Toby was doing the presenting yesterday, Patrick, I don't know if you, you saw that. I did. Um, and I think it was Dan who was doing the commentary, which, yeah, um, I think there's improvements that can be made there, but... Um, they were talking about it being a 1-1 a, a up top and not a 2. And I, I thought it was clearly a 2 with, with Wells and Semenya. So interesting with them being at the ground that they saw something slightly different, but it definitely looked a 4-4-2 to me. Yeah, and just on that Robbins TV, obviously I, I'm not sure of, of whether Toby was asked to do that last minute. Could have been, and, yeah. And the, 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 the lad coming into the commentary. Obviously I wasn't listening to the commentary, so I can't yeah. comment, but... Um, I, I've watched some of the bit with Toby and I think Toby's a natural presenter as well as a commentator for yeah, me. I'd have him presenting it. He's certainly better than Trigo and um, Danzy on it. Yeah. Well, yeah, to a certain extent. That and then yeah, run, run, the run off end. to the gantry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Um, so again, on the bench, Alex Scott was on the yeah. bench. We didn't see him come on, but again, great, great for him, Rob, to be on the bench and in amongst the squad. Yeah. And I think it is just about giving people a flavour uh, without overcommitting, I, I know it's been spoken about before that it's great to see the youngsters, but you don't want to damage them by pitching them in, you know, when it's uh, a little bit doom and gloom. So I think it is just, you know, small, small pieces of experience for now. Get them, get them used to it, rather than put everything on their shoulders. Scott will play this season. I guarantee it. I think he's so. Yeah, what's it? Five games left now. Five games yeah. left, but he's so highly rated. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I know a couple of the coaches down there who said he's the best they've worked with. Um, so I think he's going to get a chance. And I think Gregor asked specifically about Louis Britton, which we've talked about on, on the pod before. And and Nigel Pearson said, you know, yeah, you know, he, he may, wouldn't be necessarily next week, but there's likely to, they, they're likely to feature. Um, Maybe they want to get on a sort of semi-upward trajectory or stabilise the rot a little bit, which yeah. the, which hopefully now, you know, getting a point and seemingly some more effort on the pitch, that they'll then introduce an Alex Scott or yeah. a Louis Britton. I think that point and the um, the results just they mean that we're safe. Um, even I feel that we're safe now and I'm quite a pessimistic character. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Mini yeah. celebration. Exactly. Here, yeah. Three peeps HQ. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. As you know, so we said at the start, I wasn't able to make my notes and do my bits. Matt, so you're going to take us through the minutes. I will do, and um, I'm sure Robbie will have watched it as well. There, there wasn't a huge amount of highlight, but I have made a lot <laughs> okay, of Okay, coming so, on to the ratings. Yeah, then. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the first one I've got um, was really on six minutes. It was a, a, a good defensive clearance from Viner with a header um, that found its way to Pearson, and Pearson went on a really, really good run. And then slightly delayed his pass or delayed the decision to take it on. Um, and Wells ran offside. But it was it was a good little run from from Sam Pearson there, I thought, Rob, didn't you? Yeah, I think I think actually just just throughout on Sam Pearson, I think the key for me was 
there was just that little bit of enterprise and he, he gave you that, um, I suppose, available option. And, and that was key because he, yeah. again, going back to the formation, it was kind of understood where we could go on the counter. And I think that's been missing recently. So, yeah, I think that was a good early sign of it. And I was still listening on, on the radio at this point and Gary Arras even said that, you know, he was surprised that he didn't take it on. Um, yeah. It was just that sort of lack, maybe lack of confidence early in the game. He wanted to just retain the ball, but he was surprised maybe, he didn't take it on. Maybe it's the, the youngster element. Um, it, it's funny. I mean, I, I, when I played five-a-side many, many years ago, um, I joined with a group of much older players. Um, and you, you lack that confidence to do stuff that you would have done with your mates or at your, at your level. So maybe it was to do with that as well. But it, it's funny with Sam Pearson. He reminds me a little bit of Shakiri from... Um, Liverpool in terms of his body shape and size because he's quite a tiny player but his stature is, is quite wide and I, I just felt that some of his hold up and the way that he looked after the ball was an example for some of the other players um, but yeah he's, he's, he's just going to get better isn't he, from the experience of it so um, it was it was a good little break from him and again it, he'll look back on it now and think should I have gone alone the, the run from Wells was decent, but yeah, it was just delayed, wasn't it? But it's good to get these um, th- this this experience and this build now rather absolutely. than at the start yeah. or start of next season when, you know, we are back in a campaign, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's what you want in it. It is about building for the future and, and Pearson has talked about that. I think, um, I, think it's, I think it's also comes down to if you establish something, that you're confident in as a team and you generally are in a positive place, then you can actually start using these youngsters as a point of strengthening. Yeah. yeah. Whereas at the moment it's, you can't put that on them. So if you've got a successful side and let's say you're two no up after 70 minutes, you, you know, suddenly your youngsters might become a secret, secret weapon yeah. with the shackles off to then go and hurt a side more. Whereas at the moment they're coming from, you know, from right behind and having to get up to speed. So the dynamic could be completely different. Paul Archer here from the Nexus Group. Hopefully by now you recognise our logo on the back of the lad's shorts. As a City fan and a Bristol businessman, I want to help as many companies as I can with their recruitment needs, especially as we come out of this awful pandemic and lockdown. And for any customer, new or old, that puts an order in with us before now, and the beginning of the next season will put you in a draw to win a VIP match day experience as guests of me and the Nexus team. Yeah, um, so from that point on, there was a, a few little sort of fouls on the edge of the box, like why did, did knockout then got on the ball and, and sent the ball in. Um, and I just made a note after about a quarter of an hour saying I just didn't feel that we were pressing enough from the front two. And it was all a little bit too easy for Forrest to find some space in the middle. Um, and then we had a, a, an example of what I was talking about with Vinyl, where on 20 minutes he, he brought the ball out, but then it really hit an under-hit pass and then Forrest were on the front foot. So we were just kind of under pressure from Forrest, but but needlessly and down to us rather than anything they were doing. And then Casey Palmer on 23 minutes did what he's been at a habit of doing in the last few games, gave a free kick away with a silly challenge and, and knockout was again over the ball. And, He's always going to have good delivery knockout and he sent a ball over and um, Worrell had a free, or not a free header, but a, a, a challenge header that Bentley kind of caught. And I, I don't know about you, Rob, but during that period, we just couldn't get our foot on the ball and we're just giving away cheap free kicks all the time. 
Yeah, 100% agree, actually, on the uh, ball retention. Uh, and that's exactly how I saw it, that, you know, this has isn't anything new, but particularly yesterday where we did look initially, like you say, we looked more assured on the ball, but the, but it was always sort of falling down in the final third. And I don't even mean the final third when it gets to the point of creating that final chance. It was just sort of the ball before that was just a little bit sloppy or for me, uh, Wells and Semenyo didn't quite seem switched on. And, uh, you know, balls were just, yeah, just, just running out to, to Forest, And then they seemed quite adept at sort of picking through some holes um, without being any major threat. But they, they yeah. seemed to sort of get get in amongst us. Um, and, and one of those points you mentioned about Viner bringing the ball out, and I think they said something on the Robbins TV commentary about it, or, or in actual fact, I think it might have been callous <laughs> later, but they were talking about starting positions. And they said that Lansbury was sort of going back into that back four and sort of Callas thought, well, I've got no other option because the midfielder's back with me. I've got to take it forward. And then, you know, taking the defender out of defence when it was countered. Um, and he's always, a, he's, he's always a bit like a, a gazelle or something, Callas, I think. He comes running out with it, but it's all a bit like, right, what do I do? What do I do? Who do I pass to? What do I do? What do I do? Yeah. And in, invariably gives the ball away, doesn't he? Mm. But yeah, there, it was definitely a pattern of sort of losing the ball cheap, yeah, and, and then almost having taken ourselves out of the good structure that we had, yeah. And then the next one I've got, Patrick. I don't know if you pick this up on the highlights, but from from our attack, Samba in the in the Forest goal got the ball and delivered a a, a sort of you know a, a pass out. I think um, the EFL TV was actually focusing on our attack, so we didn't actually see the initial break. But it led to basically Mighton, who was a bit of a handful at times. Um, and I thought Simpson did well against him, but having a, a shot in the box with a turn that hit the post, which was probably the closest Forrest came in that, in that exchange to, to getting a goal. Yep, no, I did see that. And um, what was the deal with the EFL feed? Versus God the, news. Versus the Robin yeah. TV feed. Yeah, I, strange one. Yeah, um, I do wonder sometimes that as well, because there was a bit where they were focusing on, and it was brilliant with the the fourth official and the assistant ref being the, the brothers. But there was a bit where they were focusing on them and the game was going on. And you're like, well, <laughs> you know, this is great and a really good, you know, historic moment, but I want to see the yeah. game, please. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I did I did see that. And I think, you know, obviously we'll come on to when we hit the post in a minute. But um yeah, it was it was a moment of danger and it was one of those ones where you, your heart was in your mouth a little bit because we know that lately if we go a goal down, we gem- generally, you know, it's gonna it's gonna interrupt our our, our flow and not look great, but um, yeah. but yeah, no, not a great moment. No. Um, <clears throat> then I've got just after half an hour, um, Callas was talking about him winning the ball and, and taking forward and, and he did. And he played a good ball into Pearson who did well, jinked inside and fed Palmer and, and from Palmer's shot was then deflected out for a corner. But it was another example of, of Pearson doing well and, and finding a man and looking after the ball. Um, do, you think, do you think when going 4-4-2 going that, Callas and um, and Viner in this instance have been told to to go forward a little bit more because we haven't seen that for quite some time that sort of marauding run from a centre back and we've already picked up on two instances here. Yeah, I think they must have been. I mean, it, it's interesting. I, I think Callas probably didn't realise that he had Viner alongside him because Mary Apple can't do that, mm. whereas we know Viner can and and both of them should do it. And that's where a lot of the space was was for them to bring it out and obviously it opens the pitch up so. 
I definitely think it was a tactic yesterday because we certainly saw Callas do it more than he's done in in a number of games recently. Yeah, but as you say, that that was really really nice to see from Sam Pearson. It just mm. shows that that confidence to be able to do that nice bit of skill. Um, and yeah, he'll obviously yeah. go from that. Yeah, he will. Yeah. Um, 36 minutes, Mighton again causing problems in. Like I said, he, he was a handful, but I actually thought Danny Simpson defended really well against him. Um, I thought it was a, a really sound defensive performance from, from Danny Simpson. Um, but again, Mighton got, got a shot in and it was a, a typical Callas block and the ball then looped up for Bentley. But I thought Callas was back to his best defensively as well yesterday. I thought his, his reading of the game and his blocks in particular were, were very good again. Um, but again, it was more our own poor play and quality of either holding it up top with the, the, the two players or in the midfield, giving the ball away. And Lansbury did it and gave it away. And then on, on 40 minutes, we had a free kick, which I was shouting at the TV because I could see Wells was going to do it. And, and Wells took a free kick quickly, but just passed it straight away to them. And then we're immediately then on the defensive. And you sort of think he's talked all week and Wells was the, the, the player that came out about you know, stepping up, showing an example. And for me yesterday, he, he really didn't do that. Um, playing in his preferred position, I thought his, his attitude again was that that sulking teenager type approach rather than someone that was on it. Um, and that was an example for me. And it, as I say, it led to a break in. Bentley had to make another save. Um, but again, through our poor play. Um, then the next one I've got is um, Masengo being really, really strong, winning the ball in midfield. And he went on a, a bit of a kind of jinking run. And it was always one of those with, with Hanmoa yesterday, um, where he was getting his toe and his foot in, just in the right place and bringing it out. And it was a lovely little run towards the edge of the box and got the free kick, which then Lansbury stepped up and um, hit a really, really good free kick. Um, you know, the, the the little one-two with Rowe on the free kick routine. And then his, his, his technique was excellent. Um, but just hit the the post and sort of went away to safety. But I actually thought Lansbury showed some of his qualities yesterday. Um, and I've been, you know, very quick to say, I think um, I wouldn't have him play again in a City shirt. But actually yesterday, I thought he did put in a, a decent shift. I don't know what you thought, Rob. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, to totally agree, actually. I think it was, for me, the, the best performance. Well, not spectacular, but certainly the best we've seen from him so far. I guess that's probably just getting up to speed, you know, match yeah. match fitness and you know mentality. Um, but yeah, he didn't he didn't look a liability yesterday. I think in previous games he's committed a lot of fouls. Um, his his control hasn't been measured, and, and I think maybe that is just rustiness. Whereas yesterday, I think he saw more of a composed lands. Yeah. Is, what you would be wanting from from you know from his reputation, uh, a, a really good free kick. Great uh, to yeah, see, great to see the free kick and the and the fact yeah. that it was it wasn't a routine, but it was something that there was something that was clearly worked on, um, and it's something that we've commented about a number of times. Wasting set pieces and that one, you know, I'm just watching it now, and the keeper's rooted to the spot. That's that's a goal if it's if it's a few more inches to the left, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting one with him as well because when he when he plays like that, you look at it and think, "Would I give him a contract?" And and Rob's right to call out is getting up to speed and you know get getting used to the players around you. But at the moment, I'm still kind of not 
going to be giving him a contract at the end of the season. But I think Pearson really likes him. Um, he's featured in most of Pearson's games, hasn't he? So it'll be interesting to see. I guess the question um, is, what, what what does he think of Walsh and Williams? He hasn't seen much of yeah. them. Um, well, and if Walsh, Walsh is still here. Well, yeah, um, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think what might happen, and if this is very crystal ball, we don't know how much finances really are going to play yeah. across all of the clubs. But I think maybe if, say, Pearson's the man in charge, I agree. He obviously knows Lansbury better than perhaps what we've seen. Same with Simpson. It might be that we start moving towards sort of half-season contracts. And then mm. it might be, you know, that might be how things pan out for these out of contract players. It might become the norm. Um, so I, I think there's potential that both of those players could be offered contracts, but I don't think they'd be long. I think yeah. I think it would still almost be a trial period for the very reason that, you know, we haven't Going back to the, uh, yeah. the pay-as-you-play days of Michael Owen. I think that was what he was on at Newcastle coming yeah. in. But um, at halftime, I always do Rob Rob's comments. So, uh, Rob, you're on the you're on the phone here, but um, I'll read them out anyway. Slight improvement to previous in that we look a bit more like a recognisable team with a structure to our setup. Grew into the half, but still sloppy, too often in possession and ultimately fairly quiet in the final third. Forrest's biggest threat seems to be down their right flank. There you go, Rob. Yeah, I totally agree with myself. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know? Do you know what? Look, I mean, obviously, with with hindsight, we're looking at that, but but that really was the case, wasn't it? We we were light up front. I mean, there was a lot made of of Antoine um, on some of the sort of podcasts and the commentary I was listening to. I thought Antoine didn't. I mean, Dan again on the commentary talked about him being the bright spark and the threat. I didn't think Antoine was anywhere near the level that he's he's capable of yesterday. Um, no, but he's, so, um, he was the bright spark compared to him and Wells. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think you were the bright spark compared to Wells, to be fair. But, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, halftime. Um, and I think probably for 30 minutes of it, we were second best. Um, or that's, second best isn't right. Forrest had more of the ball, but didn't really threaten. But Dan Bentley didn't have to make a, a fantastic save or anything. So probably... You know, we, we got away with one slightly going in at halftime, but you, you sensed an improvement. And I thought second half we did. We controlled it much better. Early on, Palmer got the, the ball in. His, his range was off yesterday with his passing. He had one yesterday where he, he had a, a little curved sort of ball in for Naki Wells running into the area or into the six-yard box. And it was just in front of Wells. And it was one of those, a fraction off it. Wells was having a tap-in, really. But... But again, I don't know if that was more the pace that Palmer put in or Wells's lack of effort, really. Um, I, I think both. I think yeah. I think Palmer's put in better balls. Yeah. But that, but that type of ball is what we want him in the side for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I did think, to add to that, I did think Wells was a bit on his heels. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think uh, another striker on another day may well have got on the end of it. It, it wasn't a performance. Performance again from Wells, and I, I called it just now about the fact that he, he was the one in the presses. He didn't put in a performance that looked like a man eager to impress, playing down the middle. Having sort of talked about playing wide in patches, something you've talked often about this season, but I didn't see a performance there where if I'm Nigel Pearson, I'm thinking, yeah, he's definitely playing down the middle for me. I saw more from Tommy Conway, even though he gave the ball away quite a bit, but I saw more effort from Tommy Conway than they did Mackie Wells. 
It's a strange one. I, I was ex- excited about seeing Wells and Semenya as a top two and the fact that it was 4 4 2. Maybe maybe because Semenya hasn't been playing up top in a front two, and I don't know if he has for quite some time, that Wells is almost overthinking it and thinking that he needs to maybe help Semenya more than focus on his own game. It's a strange one. Do you, do you, the both of you, do you think Semenya can play as a two? Or do you, yeah. I, 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 do you, I, I, I just felt he gives you more wide than he does as a two. But again, you're, you're right to call it out, Patrick. He hasn't really played there. So he needs to learn that position, doesn't he? If he's going to sort of feature it. But he, he's, he's got all the attributes, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. Matt, I think, I think where you're seeing, and I totally agree here, I think where you're seeing his strength as at the moment as being a wider attacker is more to the fact that there's space for him to have a running start. Yeah. Uh, at, at players and that is the you know if you're the opposition that's where you see his threat at the moment in terms of longer term um yes i think you know a center forward is probably his ultimate role because he's got the physicality he's yeah. got the pace he hasn't yet got the goals i, I, I think that's uh, i think ultimately he is i think he's a striker who at the moment is better off being schooled from a wide position because there, I suppose, there's less focus. If, say, he was the only person up front as a centre forward, his lack of goals to date, people would be sort of tearing into him as yeah. returns. So I think the wider position gives him a bit more slack and, yeah. and allows him to concentrate on just scaring players for now. Yeah, that's a fair, fair um, point. But but interesting enough about Mackie Wells, and I, I've I've not been convinced all all the way through, and I understand he he is a, probably our best box finisher, but I don't think that stands up on its own. He has to do more for me. Um, interesting enough, we're talking about contracts. If Wells was out of contract, on what we're seeing, you'd actually say, well. You wouldn't no, you wouldn't. a contract. So I wonder if there's an element of complacency. You know, there's so many players that are coming up out of contract that do need to win a new contract, so to speak. I wonder if Wells just thinks, oh, well, I'm here anyway. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, 57 minutes, we saw um, not not the greatest effort, but it was good to see Ham Masengo having a shot. And Patrick, I don't know how much you were able to watch, but you forget how young Han Noah is, and the 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 boy is turning into a man these last few games for me. Absolutely, um, yeah. No, I I saw it, and um, obviously it went wide, but yeah. the tech the technique was definitely there, um, and it was great to see if he can add because in in the last three or four games he he has been almost back to his best, you could say. Um, his bulldog attitude on the ball, not letting go of it, standing stronger, uh, ball, <clears throat> ball retention, etc. And the passing still still got work to do. But if he can add um, shooting to his game, and that's something we always said about Marlon Pack, I think if he if if he could add that shooting element to his game, and he did towards the end of his time with Bristol City, then he can become a much more rounded midfielder, and he's going to make it really hard for. For Nigel Pearson to drop him, even if we get Joe Walsh, sorry, Joe Williams and Liam Walsh playing for us next season. Um, you know, we've got Backinson into the mix, Adam Naj, who knows what happens there. 
if Lansbury stays, he's, he's going to be the first name on the team sheet if he continues in this vein and adds those extra elements. Well, he, he is for me 100% the first name on the team sheet now. Um, I think probably, and, and I haven't looked, but the last four or five games, he's probably had three man of the matches from, from us. Um, I thought he's... It's, it's one of those with Hanno. It almost kind of what was he being told to do? Because if it is to kind of break up play, rat around a little bit and and do that, he's, he's obviously got that and does that very well. But he has got more than that. We saw a wonderful pass the last home game, I think, um, where he kind of switched it and and, and played in, uh, I think it was Antoine. Um, so I think he's got more in his game. But I, I just... You know, when I looked at it yesterday and Sam Pearson talked about it, and I think of Sam Pearson as, as literally being a lad coming in, he talked about Han Noah and said, you know, we're the same age. And you kind of forget that with Han Noah because he's played, you know, you, you think he's probably, I mean, we know he's 19, but you probably think Sam Pearson's 17 because they, they're boys, aren't they, at the end of the day. But I just think he's getting better and better. And, and Pearson again called it yesterday and said he was, I think he actually said he was very good. He was very, very good. Um, that's a frightening point I did not realise that at yeah. all that they were the same age same age as Sam Pierce and Tommy Conway and, and you know you've, you've he's, he's manning up now for me and he's even doing and it was two years he, ago he, he played in the Champions League wasn't it yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's doing little cute things as well where he fills the shove in the back and he gets the free kick in. so you know if, if he can carry on on that upward trend what a player we've got next season and you're right if we do keep Walsh and if Walsh can get fit if Williams is fit, then there's three in the midfield there where you think, you know, that's that's as that should be as good as anything in the, the championship. But yeah. Do you think um, do you think Hanno has been given actually more license? And maybe this is what it is. So I do under Pearson, Rob, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I think, you know, talk about central midfielders and attacking midfielders, but you know, there is still a place for just a midfielder. Yeah, somebody, somebody who is a good all-rounder who does a bit of everything, and maybe the constraints that he was facing under other managers were almost a limitation of his resources, telling him yeah. to only do one thing or the other. Whereas now, perhaps he's been given—I don't mean license to roam, but I mean license to use his game in in-game intelligence. Yeah. And, and actually start making decisions and working in partnerships and things like that. Definitely under Lee Johnson, he was he was rigid, wasn't he? He was, he was obviously being told to stay in a position, to not cross the line almost and, and that kind of thing. Whereas, I mean, his, his work rate is phenomenal. Um, mm. You know, he's he's one of the ones who's closing the goalie down and the next minute making a tackle in his own box. I thought, I thought he was fabulous. And for me, if Tyreek can get that in his game a little bit more, then again, you've got a player there. And, and I think it's setting an example, isn't it? But yeah. Um, just in terms of the rest of the game, it was it was fairly even then. We're not not really many chances. I mean, obviously, 70 minutes, Pearson had run his legs into the ground and he came off with a disappointing Wells. And on came Tommy Conway and, and Famara. Um, understandably, I think there's still the bit with Famara that, you know, we we all know, or we, we all suspect that he isn't going to be signing a contract and will be off. So actually, do we want to see a Louis Britton given a, a chance now in that kind of more physical presence? Um, it'd be in, put, interesting to see. Fami seemed to put a shift in for twenty minutes. I thought he did. He did okay. Yeah, he did okay. But he's he's never he's a he's a big sort of player, isn't he? So he's not mm. going to have the legs to be able to do it. But he won a number of headers, and yeah, I thought he did okay. I think um, he gave, he he definitely 
gave us that extra bit of energy. Definitely. He did. Um, yeah. And the physical and, presence, wasn't it? Yeah. So it, it did change the dynamic. You you saying Louis Britton is that type of player, right? He's he's a big lad, Louis. Yeah. He's he's got some sort of height to him, and and he's he's a physical sort of player as well. So yeah, yeah. Um. Then probably the most contentious moment of the game, 75 minutes, where um, I have to say in real time, I didn't really know, you know, think shouting at the screen, penalty, penalty. But then when you looked back, it clearly was. Um, Semenyo kind of wins the ball, goes on a run, bamboozles Worrell a little bit and the ball kind of goes through Worrell's leg. It wasn't definitely wasn't an, an attempted nutmeg, but it goes through his legs and he then moves a leg and brings Semenyo down. So so for me, when you looked at it, if that was VAR, it's a penalty. Yeah, 100%. I totally thought, I, I, I didn't yeah. think it was a penalty in real time, but then you see it again and it was. Um, yeah. Such a shame that, because that's, you know, assuming we score, that's 1-0, three points. Um, and it just helps that up to a trajectory that we talked about yeah. at the start. And the confidence. I mean, there's no, no two ways about it. I mean, you only got to look at sides like Swansea and Brentford who are, where they are in the league, but have been on a poor run and they've been really poor in the last four or five games. They get a win yesterday and they're put back to playing scintillating football. So, yeah. Um, the, the game kind of petered out a little bit then. Lyle Taylor had a break and a shot over. Um, Bentley had to make a decent save. There looked to be a bit of a worry. Simpson sort of stretched for a ball and, and I put in our WhatsApp group, it looked like he'd, he'd gone down with the dreaded hamstring curse. But actually talking, or Nigel Pearson talking afterwards, talked it as cramp. Um, which is well, obviously right, a good thing. Semenya went down like a sack of spuds as well, didn't he? And came. Semenya went down after, yeah, after that, and I, I thought he'd gone down because he, looking at the footage, he'd landed on his wrist, yeah, and I thought it was landing. a wrist injury. Yeah, thought it was a wrist injury, but then listening to again, Nigel Pearson afterwards, it was the fact that he kind of landed and suffered a little bit of whiplash. Yeah, um, and it was a neck injury, so that that will be interesting. Uh, Gregor, I sort of saw this morning. Gregor made comment about the fact that. Did Nigel Pearson kiss him on the forehead as he came off? And uh, Nigel Pearson said, "No, absolutely not. Not with COVID protocols." So <laughs> it's almost, Gregor, why would you do it? You know, you yeah, know, yeah. talking to I, Nigel Pearson. I read that as well, and I thought, yeah. you know, even if he did, why would you advertise that fact? Well, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But still, um, and yeah, it, it then kind of petered out. There wasn't really much else I had to, to, to write down. So brilliant. I think well done, it was a much well done, better Matt. second Thanks. half. Thanks for stepping into no, uh, <laughs> into the minutes. My uh, pleasure. Yeah. So um, overall thoughts, Rob, on the game? Yeah, so my, my overall thoughts were definitely an improvement. Um, still, the sloppy mistakes of giving the ball away that's uh, sort of been our bane for the last, well, few months, I guess. But you compare um, that to the last few performances. Yeah, it was... We we looked... Not the, saying the, we're world, world beaters, but it's... No, far it's from that, it. It's that, it's that injection of, come on, lads. I know we said you only got, it's felt like the end of the season now for seven or eight games, well, eight, yeah. probably, probably 10 or 11, 12 games. Yeah. Um, you still got five games, six games at the time left to go. Let's show a bit of pride. Let's show a bit of passion. Let's show a little bit like you want to be here next season. Um, and I think there was uh, elements of that. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah. definitely. And, and just a, a generally a little bit more fluidity was starting to return. And it, and it returned more and more as the game went on. Mm. Um, so it was, yeah, long, a long way off where we need well, to thought, be, obviously. But what I thought signs. was unusual was we had players slipping over again yesterday. And Naki was out of change his boots at one point. And you kind of think, 
it's our home pitch, and yet we don't seem to have a an understanding of the way that it's going to roll and play. And um, yeah, just a, a little bit of a weird one. But Rob, Rob's absolutely right. I think if we showed a little bit more quality on the ball, and actually we were giving it away under no pressure. Um, if we showed more quality on that, then I think it would have been a, a much better game. But you're right to call it, Patrick. It was a much improved mm. back-to-basics performance. Okay. Um, so, Come yeah, on. fair play. Couple of tweets. Dean Allen, a goalish draw, perhaps inevitable from two goal shy teams. An improved second half from Bristol City with Masengo putting in a committed display. Another point towards safety. I just hope a plan is in place for next season as we are in dire need of improvement. Um, and there was also uh, a, a few tweets from um, Rob Collins. Uh, so Roll on Monday when I renew my season ticket with academy and stadium in place. Under 23s on way to the first team squad. More than 20,000 wanting to see success. Uh, Ashton Gate, it's a no-brainer. We're set to move forward as this fan is of 48 years. Can't wait. I know, I know you know, and I think that 19,000 supporters who don't who don't spend their life chucking ludicrous, simplistic, and insulting opinions around know too that the job of managing City for the next 10 years should be one more, one of the more attractive op- options in British football. And uh, we are supporters. Two thirds are desperate for stability and direction. Please make securing commitment. Um, between Pearson and the club, an urgent priority. We've all had a rubbish year. This is the time to reset. Come on, you Reds. Matt, thoughts on that? Yeah, perfect. I'll, I'll be renewing mine tomorrow. Um, Getting the draw for uh, the hospitality, was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, with Nexus Group. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think as well, you, you've got to say it was a, it, it's a, a good show, but it needs that stability. Um, again, Gregor sort of approached Nigel Pearson after the game about his future. Um, and actually spoke about Mark Ashton as well. And Nigel Pearson sort of made it very clear that irrespective of what the contract is he's got, he sees it as being longer term. Um, and I, I, you know, when you read between the lines, it it, it clearly is. Um, and we talked about it last week with, with sort of Steve on there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, there's no two ways about it. It is an attractive proposition. My only thing is in the summer, and, and Rob talked about it with the, the sort of financial situation, you know, we... I think a lot of us feel we need a massive reset, a, a real big turnaround of players. And you wonder whether that's going to be viable with what's going to be available. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it will be interesting. It will cool. be interesting. Uh, ratings. Got, yeah, we've got five minutes left, Matt. So yeah. ratings and then just oh, a quick comment on Ashton, I think. Yeah, of course. Um, so Dan Bentley thought he did everything he had to do, was 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 okay. Um Again, a couple of times the ball comes in and I get a little bit worried with crosses. He's quite easy to sort of push off the ball. Um, but it was a six for me. He did what he, he had to do. Danny Simpson, um, I thought defensively was really good. And similarly, Tommy Rowe. Um, but neither of them got forward enough for me and delivered anything of any kind of quality. And, you know, you, you do need that in the modern game with your fullbacks or your wingbacks. You've got to get, you know, they've got to be able to put, deliver the ball in as well. So two sixes for me for them as well. Callas and Viner, um, I thought defensively were very good. Callas in particular, his blocks, I thought was excellent. Um, Zach was a little bit sloppy with his, his passing out at times. Um, so I'm going seven for Callas and six for Viner. Midfield, Han Noah, man of the match for me. Um, it's an eight. Um, I thought he was all over the pitch. Um, he was trying to drive the team forward. Yes, he was a little bit wayward in the first half. 
Um, but I just thought grew and grew into the game. So it was, it was there, an eight. There were some calls on Twitter to give him a nine. If you don't give him a nine, you'll get shot, was apparently a comment. Was there? Uh, yeah, I, did, I didn't. I just didn't <laughs> think he's, certainly in the first half. Like winning um, the game, it's hard to give someone a nine, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, and you know, Rob will have watched it sort of intently. He, he, he was a little bit loose in the first half and, and didn't, deliver the quality on the ball at times as well. So I, I would have struggled to give him a nine, but his his effort was a 10. You know, he was that good in terms of driving forward. And actually for me, a future captain playing like that. So apologies, Joanna Bags. Um, yeah, apologies. Not, yeah. Not getting a nine. Matt, Matt, I'll, Matt I'll, I'll take the bullet for you here. You want to say seven, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, in, in, my, in my ratings, I've given nobody an eight for the very right. reason Pat says yeah. it's a nil-nil draw. Yeah, uh, he, he, he was my seventh man of the match. Yeah, same. With your asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we've got Lansbury. Um, it was probably his best performance for us. Um, he gave one sort of silly free kick away, but he does, he's, he's professional with it in as well. He knows when to break the play up and stick it in. So um, I've been kind of harsh on him and I'm torn between a six and a seven. I'm going to go a seven just because... I thought no, no, I'm not. I'm going to change that. I'm going to go six because he <laughs> he's got he's got more quality still than he showed. But I'll give him a six. Um, Sam Pearson grew into the game. Um, you've got again, bear in mind how young he is. Um, he looks after the ball really well, um, and because of that, I'm giving him a seven because um, again, he showed a, a real good effort and work ethic for me. Does he go out on loan or does he stay with us next season? Again, it'd be interesting to see what happens summer-wise. Ideally, the likes of him and Tommy Conway would be playing probably first division football for a season to 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 really get. You know, I know they both played non-league, but there's a difference between non-league and playing in the full football league in there. So, um, Semenyo um, was again the the brighter of the front two, um, but I don't recall too many efforts on goal, so I can't go above a six really. Um, Naki Wells was poor for me yesterday. Um, he's well below what I would expect, and certainly when he's been talking up what he's been talking about, I've got to go four for Naki for yesterday. Um, and who else am I missing? Am I missing anyone else? Uh, yeah, Palmer, Casey Palmer. Um, tried to get on the ball, tried to find the right pass, but his range was off, so it's got to be a five. He, he didn't do what we've seen him do. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, are you happy with that, uh, Rob? Well, well I, I basically, yeah, I basically, in a nutshell, I'd, I'd, if you take six as the mean, I gave six to everyone with the exception of Callas and Masengo sevens and Wells five. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, we've got uh, we've got to wrap it up because the the party continues here at Warner Towers. <laughs> um, but you just wanted to quickly touch on Ashton and the rumours around Ipswich. Yeah. So. Um, it, it seems as though the, the American consortium that have come into Ipswich, Mark Ashton was was involved within that. And certainly when we went to America, what was it, last pre-season or pre-season before, um, he was sort of linked in with them then. And, and the rumour mill's growing on, on this Ashton going to Ipswich as CEO. Um, he's worked with, I think it's the chairman there now at Oxford, um, so knows him really well. And it, it, it's just one of those where I think 90% of City fans are talking about, yeah, I, I drive Mark Ashton to Ipswich. Um, and I'm I'm not sure, I'm on the fence with it, because I think from a business point of view and our profile as a club, Mark Ashton has, has undoubtedly played a massive part in that. I just think perhaps some of his spin doctrine and, and the way that he's, you know, he comes across at times, you know, if, if he does go, 
do we see that as a, a plus or, you know, does it fill you with a, a, a little bit of trepidation like it does me potentially? Cool. Okay. Um, again, thank you to everyone for listening. Um, if you haven't heard it already, there was another Robins Reunited out last week with uh, Matty Hill and Steve Phillips. And then week after next, we have Bell, Nicky Bell and Brian Tinian. And then the following week, Lee Peacock and Lee Matthews. So really looking forward to those. So please do check out the last five episodes of Robins Reunited if you haven't done so already. Um, we don't know what's happening next Saturday. Um, I think the fixture might just be a later kickoff, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? I uh, just moving the kickoff. Um, who knows? So uh, yeah. we'll 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 watch that one with interest. But um, for now, thanks to Rob. Thanks to Matt. We'll be back soon. Take care, everyone. Take care, guys. Thanks, Matt. Cheers, Matt. Bye bye. Bye bye.